Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the crossover, an NBA show hosted by Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix and Howard Beck. It's a whole new level for you and me, Chris, this relationship. Like and subscribe for the best weekly NBA content these two are capable of. What does that mean? Could be the best duo ever. I don't see how you can beat that. Here they are, Chris Mannix and Howard Beck. And we are back. Chris Mannix and Howard Beck. Howard Beck up early in San Francisco. I am in Boston uh, where I await the return of the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics. Uh, Beck will be zipping back here as uh, fast as possible for game six of the series. What's happening, Beck? How are you feeling today? I'm still a little bleary. We're at the point of the playoffs, right? Where it's just like, yeah. you know, just let's let's be done with this. Especially it's also, when you're in these two, three, two, two, one, one, one formats. And it's the late nights of writing, and then followed by flying again. And yeah, when you get to the one, one, one part, see, this is why fans have to understand when you see us knuckleheads in the media saying we we loved the two, three, two, and want to go back to it. It's self-preservation, folks. I don't care what you think about the competitive advantages or perceived advantages or whatever. Two, three, two means. We only fly back and forth, back and forth uh, twice instead of uh, bouncing uh, cross country multiple times and being in different time zones and having no idea what day of the week it is. But uh, I'm good. I can't wait to get back and scarf at least two to three more lobster rolls before we leave Boston again. And look, every member of the media will be rooting for Golden State on Thursday. It's just the way it goes because they don't want to make another flight back to Oakland or San Francisco to. Well, especially if you're. And especially if you're based on the East Coast, as True. we are, because it means uh, flying to San Francisco just to eventually uh, fly back again. Anyway, But Correct. you know what? Airline miles, baby. Airline miles. Airline miles. <laughs> That's right. All right. So Golden State leads three games to two. They beat the Celtics 104-94 last night. Steph Curry plays poorly 
Andrew Wiggins plays great. The Celtics keep turning the ball over. Uh, what was your big takeaway from Game 5 and how it all played out? That this was a throwback strength and numbers game for the Warriors. You know, we've been trying to peg them ever since they kind of got this thing back together. And it's like, well, you know, Steph is still Steph. Steph is as Steph as he's ever been most nights, although not so much last night. But Clay is not yet old Clay, if he can get back there. And Draymond is not clearly always the old Draymond, and they don't have Kevin Durant. And so, but this was an amazing night for the Warriors because they did it, as you mentioned, with Wiggins, and they did it with Gary Payton II, and with Jordan Poole, um, and with Clay, by the way, who, again, you cannot count on him to be the Clay that he was in 2017 or, or 16, but um, that's what I wrote about today, is just the fact that that this was a game won by uh, Gary Payton, who'd been waived four times, Andrew Wiggins, who was a basically a salary dump perceived draft bust, Clay Thompson, who was, you know, I don't want to say uh, left for dead is, is too harsh of a, an analogy, but, you know, Achilles and, and ACL, um, nobody ever knew what or could say what he would be again. And Jordan Poole, a guy who was taken late in the first round, was in the G League just a, a year and a couple months ago. Like, this was a different way for the Warriors to win, and a really important win, that they won Game 5 of the Finals behind Gary Payton II, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, and I know, I know. Wiggins had the talent to be a number one overall pick. He's got a max contract. All that's fine. But but the the labels you carry in this league, number one overall pick, max contract, are not as important as what you can actually do on the court. And the reason that Andrew Wiggins is a warrior in the first place is because he never fulfilled any of that promise in Minnesota, and they gave him up plus what became a lottery pick to get D'Angelo Russell. So that's how low his value was. So I, I, I want to emphasize it only because... In, in almost every respect, this was a very unlikely way to win a, a, a game five that now puts the series in the Warriors' control um, and in position for a closeout. Yeah, um, credit to Gary Payton II, who has been outstanding for them since coming back from that elbow injury. 15 points in game five, played great defense on multiple defenders throughout that game. That's the kind of bargain basement pickup that can just change a team like if you can get an impact player for virtually nothing like uh golden state got gary payton that's huge same thing with jordan Poole. if you can get an impact player with a low draft pick who makes relatively little money that's a a a huge thing to get um you know i, I was watching some of the coverage after the game last night and our friend brian Windhorst used a phrase that stuck with me called it uh i, I might be getting this wrong like a paycheck win for the Warriors. And <laughs> yeah, it I, I took me a second to wrap my head around it, but he's right. Um, you know, Golden State, and, and like the genesis of Andrew Wiggins traces back to Kevin Durant, right? Because Kevin Durant decides to leave in 2019. He goes, and instead of letting Kevin Durant just walk away and taking not the cap flexibility, but the break on luxury tax payments that the Warriors would get, they orchestrate a sign-and-trade that gets them D'Angelo Russell. Subsequently, they do a trade that gets them Andrew Wiggins. And they did it in part because they can afford it. Because they are an uber-rich team. The Chase Center, their new building, privately owned, is a license to print money. So they can afford Steph on a max contract, Clay on a near-max contract, Draymond Green on a huge contract, and Andrew Wiggins on a max contract. So... 
They got the contribution from the cheap guys, but this team would be dead in the water without Andrew Wiggins. Lost in the Steph Curry explosion in Game 4 was 18-16 and 16 for Andrew Wiggins. I mean, he was great in Game 4 as well. Uh, erased that rebounding gap that existed for the Warriors in Game 3, almost single-handedly. So, like, their ability to take on that kind of salary has put them in a position to win this series. Because I'm not sure, I'm not sure any other team, Howard, would have done the kind of deal the Warriors did involving Durant to take on a max guy in D'Angelo Russell, become a max guy in uh, Andrew Wiggins, and that's enabled them to have the kind of depth that's put them in this position. Yes, but let me just push back for a second because the framing makes it seem as though the Warriors are buying their way to a title or something. And I, I saw that well, clip from Winhurst. they're not. They're homegrown. They're homegrown. Yeah, like they, they yeah. are they're absolutely homegrown. And this is not, you know, minus the Durant thing from 2016, which was a you know bizarre you know salary cap spike, all that stuff that went with it. Yeah, uh, they drafted Steph. They drafted Clay. They drafted Draymond. They're the ones who, you know, uh, revived or gave Gary Payton II the chance to, to actually have a career when he was, you know, this close to hanging it up after bouncing around the league for years. And they're the ones who figured out how to unlock Andrew Wiggins, and yeah, it helps to have him next to better players. But and they drafted Kevon Looney, and you know they 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 made the investments in these guys. And yes, there's a financial investment too. And Brian Winters isn't wrong. I love Wendy. He's not wrong to note the fact that the Warriors made a massive financial commitment in terms of payroll and luxury taxes, not just this season, but for years uh, running up to this. 350 plus million like that's all right two things (laughs) one is i have always been a huge advocate for uh and 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 i've often expressed concern that the nba has a a, an equity problem or or equitability problem where small market teams just get outbid for stuff right they cannot compete with the big market teams on certain things they don't have the tv the, the local tv contracts um and there's all kinds of other impediments. I, I'm a big advocate for some sort of attempts at competitive balance in this league, and most of the mechanisms that the, the NBA has, has employ, employed over the decades um, have at least provided some of it. I'm, so I, this is not to ever speak on behalf of big market teams that can bully everybody with their finances. I will say this. Most of this league is owned by billionaires or consortiums of billionaires now. They all could spend if they wanted to that the Warriors decided... We're not going to let Kevin Durant just walk away for nothing. We're going to work hard with him and his representation and these stories that have been well-documented over the last couple of weeks to get him to agree to a sign-and-trade so that then we can bring back D'Angelo Russell, a guy that, yeah, the Warriors probably knew at the time they weren't going to keep long-term, but it gave them an, a valuable piece to use at some point. They didn't know it would become Andrew Wiggins, but that's what the deal became a few months later. And so they put themselves in this position. They were willing to spend the money. Yes, other teams could do this, by the way. You and I have talked at length about the fact that the Lakers submarined their season with a number of moves, not least of which was letting Alex Caruso walk over luxury tax concerns. Could the Lakers have afforded it? Yes. Do the Lakers also print money? Yes. The Knicks print money. A few other teams do. I, you know, look, could the Memphis Grizzlies afford the Warriors payroll? Probably not. But in this series, you have big market against big market. And granted, uh, San Francisco Bay Area is a little bit bigger than Boston. But Boston's a top 10 market. This is not a question of did the Warriors just outspend everybody to be able to do this. There had to be some foresight and some basketball strategy in this. To Not every team would have taken Andrew Wiggins' contract, even if they could afford it. 
because they didn't want to pay that much for a basketball player that people thought wasn't worthwhile or wasn't that good. So are the Warriors the ones willing to overspend on Wiggins? Sure. But they're also the ones who identified Jordan Poole and Kevon Looney and Gary Payton II and even Nemanja Bielitsa and Otto Porter and all these these guys who have created a this this stout supporting cast and to frame it just as as like a paycheck win is is just uh, it's it unnecessarily diminishing the accomplishment and all the basketball decisions that went into them getting here. I agree. Uh, you know, on Memphis, have you seen what Robert Para is worth these days? I think Memphis can afford it as well. I think they're <laughs> they're well. Yes. Well covered there by ownership. All right, bad example. Uh, uh, maybe the uh, the Pacers should New have Orleans. been my example. New Orleans, we can throw in there. Maybe the no, Pacers, New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans. Yeah. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming. And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare like many of us you might think identity theft will never happen to you but consider this there's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the u.s that's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. I want to pivot, though, to Wiggins and his revival with this team. Uh, I wrote a little bit about it in the immediate aftermath uh, over on SI.com, but Wiggins, to me is a great example of why fit matters. 
Um, he was drafted number one overall in 2014 and was kind of immediately miscast in a franchise savior role. Like, that's just not him. Um, there were times he looked at like it. Remember when he was growing up in Canada, one of his nicknames was like Maple Jordan. Like he was <laughs> like he was a a superstar in the making, goes to Kansas, looks the part there as well. Um, but you get to the pros, you can see pretty quickly that he's not a number one guy. And when you are picked number one, you have expectations you have to live up to. Now, Andrew Wiggins was never Anthony Bennett. Like he was averaging good numbers in Minnesota over the years. He just wasn't the impact player that the Timberwolves expected uh, when they acquired him in that first uh, tr- that trade with uh, for Kevin Love. Um, so, like, Wiggins was fine, but then he goes to Golden State, and it's like round peg, round hole, hand in glove. He was exactly what Golden State needed from, like, the very moment that he got there. Steve Kerr himself said during the Dallas series that Andrew Wiggins is as responsible for the revival of this Warriors dynasty as anyone. Because if you remember when they got him back at the trade deadline in 2020, that was after Kevin Durant was gone. I think Andre Godala was gone, but he, or was old, or like whatever it was. They didn't have wing depth. They didn't have perimeter defense. And Andrew Wiggins comes in and provides that right away. He also... Shoots the three. Shot 38% from three in his first full season. Shot 39% from three this past year. He didn't have to be, or doesn't have to be, the 20-point-per-game score he may have been expected to be in Minnesota. With Golden State, it's just like defend, rebound a little bit, make some shots near the rim, and make three-point shots when they're available to you. And that's exactly what he seems to be really good at. So, and also there's a continuity issue here as well. I mean, Wiggins gets drafted. He plays six plus years in Minnesota. He has four head coaches and a whole bunch of new teammates throughout those years. He comes to Golden State. It's Steve Kerr and as the coach. It's Bob Myers as the top executive. It's Steph, Clay, Draymond, the core of this team intact. These are all reasons that Andrew Wiggins is now thriving at this point of his career. Golden State has a guy that is not only great for them right now, but what's he, like 27? Like, he could be great for them for three, four, five more years um, in this particular role with the Warriors. No question. And, you know, I say this all the time, context is everything, and I apply that in various different uh, scenarios. But in, in this case, context is everything. The context of the team you're with matters so much in this league. Did Andrew Wiggins have athletically, physically... Um, just basketball-wise, the abilities to be a number one overall pick and, and and have everything that comes with that and be up for all that. Sure. Like, you, you get drafted number one overall in this league, you are expected to be a franchise savior, a franchise leader, but you get drafted based somewhat speculatively. It's on some physical tools and some performance to date, but you're young when you come in. Not everyone's built to be a leader. Not everyone's built to carry the responsibility of an entire franchise even if you've got all the athletic tools. And, okay, Wiggins wasn't that guy. I hate the term bust. I used it in today's story just kind of because that's the, the framing that's been placed on him, and it just is, is, shows the contrast yeah, to the success he's having. Anthony Bennett is a bust. But, Wiggins, to our earlier yeah. points, like w- was putting up numbers. He just wasn't yes. number he one wasn't winning numbers. Yeah, he wasn't winning. And, yes, they weren't off the chart numbers. And the efficiency, the scoring numbers were there, the raw numbers were there, the efficiency wasn't there. 
the fact is you always knew, basketball people knew, there's a really good player there. Is he going to carry your team? No. Can he be a number one or even a number two on your team on a championship caliber team? No. But it doesn't mean he's not a really, really good player. And what the Warriors, I think, smartly did was not looked at him through the prism of number one pick who couldn't live up to the hype or max contract player who couldn't live up to the dollar figure. They looked at him as a, a guy who was long, athletic, can defend multiple positions, came into the league actually with everybody talking about how he was, he was going to be a great wing defender, and then that kind of fell away during his Minnesota years. And obviously can score in a number of ways. And so, yeah, you look, everybody looks better next to Steph and Clay, right? Um, and Draymond. But it's it's more than that. It is that if we talk about culture, and I know it's an overused term in today's NBA, the Warriors have a culture. As Steve Kerr would tell you, it's Steph is the culture, right? This selfless superstar who is welcoming to everybody, who was welcoming to Kevin Durant, another guy, another MVP who was going to steal or your take, borrow a lot of his uh, spotlight and opportunities that Steph sets a tone and Clay sets a tone, Draymond sets a tone, Igadala sets a tone, and they're in these guys' ears all the time. So is this is the is there a better version of Andrew Wiggins in San Francisco than Minnesota based purely on teammates? Not just the talent of those teammates, again, not just because you're playing with great players who take the pressure off you, but because you've got guys who can tell you this is the way, man. This is how we do it here. This is how we win. This is how we train. This is how we recover. These are the hours we put in. This is our pregame routine. All of it. And that's why, you know, I don't know where this team will be in three or four years as as the vets, you know, move into their mid to late 30s. But if I if, if there's a reason to believe that the Warriors can transition seamlessly as they're hoping to do. It's because Kuminga and Moody and Wiseman, once he's healthy and Wiggins, assuming he's still here. And I think there's a good reason to believe he will, that they can carry it because they're going to have been brought up by these guys. They're going to have learned this Warriors way. They're going to have learned from Steph Clay and, and Draymond and that, that stuff all matters. I tell you, if Andrew Wiggins has another game in game six, like he did in game five. And if Steph doesn't play brilliantly, which he, I mean, he probably will, he, he's probably going to have a great game in game six. And if the Warriors win, you know, we could be talking about Andrew Wiggins for finals MVP here. We, we could. No. I mean, no, well, well, all right. Well, what, <laughs> no, I'm saying if, if it, no, but if it mirrors what happened in game five, because you sure. also have to factor in that Wiggins has locked up Jason Tatum. Like Wiggins has done a phenomenal job on Tatum. Tatum, he had a good stat line in Game 5, 27 points, uh, uh, was it 10 of 20 from the floor? But you and I both know that was not a good Jason Tatum game. He was turning the ball over left and right, and he was streaky, right? He had some good moments in the second quarter, some good moments in the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, when it mattered, Tatum was 1 for 5 with 4 points, and that was a credit to Andrew Wiggins, who has found a way to, to be disruptive when it comes to the Celtics' best player. And, and that, I think, has to be factored in to an MVP vote as well. I don't want to get into that. We don't have to get into that right now. Let's, let's talk. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just spent 24 hours with my mentions in, on know, Twitter being an yeah. absolute shitstorm because I wrote about the 2015 Finals MVP and the fact that Steph didn't win it because Iguodala did. If you're going to sit here and tell me that Wiggins is winning Finals MVP, I would just it's, it, it's it. I, I just have to shut down Twitter for the next I'm month. just saying the door is open. It's a jar for Andrew Wiggins to win uh, Finals MVP. All right. Um, before he can be in contention for that, the Warriors have to win. So going back to Boston for game six, uh, the Celtics losing two in a row 
have not looked good the last couple of games, but a lot of their issues, Howard, remain self-inflicted. Like, the numbers are what they are. When the Celtics commit 16 or more turnovers, they lose. When they commit 12 or fewer, they win. In Game 5, 18 turnovers, 22 points off turnovers for Golden State. They're sloppy. They're sloppy with the basketball. When you watch the Celtics play like this the last couple of games, how much of this is them just throwing the ball around the gym and making unforced errors? And how much of this is Golden State's defense uh, causing it? Yeah, this is the the um, the funny thing about the way we talk about the Warriors for the last you know seven years, and, and they're not the only ones, but especially when it's a team that has so much like offensive firepower or somebody like Steph, who's just such a special player with the ball in his hands. We get so wrapped up in the scoring, we keep forgetting, or we don't talk enough about the fact that the, the Warriors have been a great defensive team throughout this run and the, the, going to the final six of eight years. It's always been about the defense um, as much as the offense. So credit them for some of this. Maybe factor in the Celtics' youth for some of this. But I also think there's another element here that I don't know how much focus it's getting there in Boston, Chris. You tell me. But think about the story arc of the last couple of years of, well, first of all, the Celtics rotating door at point guard. Kyrie and Kemba, Isaiah Thomas. Um and they settle on Marcus Smart, and I've always been a bit of a skeptic about Marcus Smart as a full-time point guard. Marcus Smart declared, I am the point guard. I can do this. This is my job. I'm going to do this. And then, to his credit, he grew into the role. But is he really the guy who gets your team organized? I was talking to somebody the other night, a, a, a uh, let's just say, a former uh, recent player who has uh, spent a lot of time in this league, Um who when I said what's going on with the Celtics, the first thing this former player said was they're just they don't have anybody out there to organize them. The the turnovers, the 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 lack of quality shots in crunch time. He and and the person cited you know, like a Chauncey Billups type. They need a Chauncey Billups type. And I thought that was interesting. Now this is not to diminish Marcus Smart entirely because I think he's done a really good job with this, but Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can all do stuff with the ball in their hands. And they can all put up assists at times because they draw a lot of defensive attention, uh, you know, Jason Tatum in particular. But do they really have that that guy who organizes the offense, puts everybody in their best spots, and gets guys uh, shots in rhythm and settles things down when things are getting a little bit dicey? Marcus Smart is part of the is, – is one of the primary culprits that when things get a little bit edgy – He's now jacking shots and and maybe forcing things a little bit, right? So uh, Marcus Smart is a, a phenomenal player and a worthy defensive player of the year and really valuable to the Celtics. I, I've, I've said all along, I never thought even during the worst of times that they should trade him, even though he was their best chip. But I think the case can be made. And look, we, we can overreact to you know, losing in the finals if this is what happens and, 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 and go too far with it. But I don't think this is a case of going too far with it. I think the next step for them maybe is having, I don't know who the Chauncey Billups of today is, but that guy would uh, allow Marcus Smart to play a, a different role and maybe keep their offense more organized in crunch time. Yeah, uh, look, I could not disagree with that more. Um, largely because if you do that, the strength of your team disappears. The strength of this team is its defense. 
and its ability to switch everything one through five. That's what got them here. They are a generationally good defense, and that's because Marcus Smart is at point guard, and he can switch basically one to five out there. Rob Williams at center can do the same thing. That's why they, in the second half of the season, were miles better than everybody else in virtually every defensive category. Um, You can't tell me there's somebody out there that's as good a defender as Marcus Smart who can also add a little bit more to him. Now, you can find a good backup out there. Like Ricky Rubio, to me, makes a lot of sense in Boston because Rubio's a defensive, a good defensive guard who is a much more natural playmaker. But I only want Rubio out there for backup minutes for Marcus Smart. Marcus still falls into the old traps that used to define him. The bad shots, the turnovers, um, those th- still things still occasionally rear their heads, um, especially the shots. Sometimes he gets hung up on being a three-point shooter. He was a lot better at that uh, all throughout the season. He really committed to being a playmaker first and foremost, uh, but that part of his game still emerges from time to time. To me, the whole getting organized part of all this, Howard, it falls on the shoulders of Tatum and Brown as well. Like, this Celtics team knew what Marcus Smart was coming in. They knew he wasn't uh, Chauncey Billups, for your example. They knew he wasn't Steph Curry, uh, for example. They knew he wasn't even, uh, you know, Kyle Lowry, for example. They knew he wasn't that wasn't the strength of him. That's why they emphasized early on the passing and playmaking of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. That's why both those guys saw their assist numbers kind of rocket in the second half of the season. Tatum uh, in the playoffs has jumped his assist numbers up uh, as well. When those two guys are throwing the ball around the gym the way they have during this series, that's a problem. Like in game five, nine combined turnovers for Tatum and Jalen Brown. Tatum has the most turnovers in a playoffs than any player ever. I think it's like 95 or some absurd number like that. He's Incredible. It's a wackadoo number for, for Jason Tatum. He's also, by the way, the leading scorer. He's got some positive stats, but that's a number that kills them. Well, um, and his two-point two shooting has killed them as well. Oh, absolutely. He came into game five with the same number of made twos as threes. I mean, that, that was... But I, I think the like turnovers are the thing that's the glaring problem for the Celtics right now. And that's as much on Tatum and Browns as anybody else. So... I understand they're not, you know, they're they're not as 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 together offensively with Marcus Smart as the point guard. But it was good enough to come back from a three-two deficit to beat Milwaukee. It was good enough to go down to Miami and beat the Heat in Game Seven. I just, I don't look at if they lose this series. To me, it's not going to be because they need something to either replace or supplement Marcus Smart at that point guard position. It will be. Four or five other reasons before I get to that one. Okay, but look, uh, going into yesterday's game, Tatum had shot 27% on twos during the series, and, and you mentioned the turnovers. As a team, they've had a ton of turnovers. If you're not, if you've got really talented offensive players and you're consistently scoring inefficiently and throwing the ball away, setting records for turnovers, even, I, I think that suggests that there is something amiss with your offensive organization, like the way that you work in the half court. And, you know, a steady veteran point guard 
potentially helps alleviate that. Now, the other possibility is, hey, look, these, these guys are still really young, and especially Tatum. And if Tatum can grow into a role where, look, unfair to compare anybody to obviously LeBron or Giannis, but like those are guys who from the forward position run a lot of the offense and, and take on a responsibility of both playmaking and scoring, right? And if if Tatum and Brown can just make incremental progress in that area as playmakers, as ball handlers, um, and can do a little bit of the organizing the offense too, looking for other guys, getting guys good shots, Marcus Smart, you know, makes continues to make strides in that area, then you've got a bunch of guys who can all do something with the ball in their hands, sure. Um, but I, I, I don't think you should so quickly dismiss the idea that maybe – they just don't have that guy. What they have is a couple guys who are really good scorers in Brown and Tatum who can do the something with the ball in their hands at times but are not primary playmakers. And Marcus Smart, who I think it's at least questionable whether he should be a primary playmaker. And then the question becomes in today's NBA, well, do you really need that guy? Like, you know, where are, where are our examples of that, you know, uh, Steph has always kind of split playmaking duties to an extent with Draymond Green. If you look at, you know, like Draymond's always their assist leader, you know, in the regular season. Um, you know, uh, you know, Giannis and, and Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton all did something with the ball in their hands, right? Like, it's not as if Drew Holiday was their, was their Chauncey Billups. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if it's, if it, it's, not a, a, uh, it's not an absolute case. I just thought, especially coming from a, a former veteran player, who spent a lot of years in the league, um, that was a really interesting observation and possibly applicable. And besides that, when you, again, assuming they lose the series, Chris, you do have to then reflect, okay, where are our weaknesses? You know, what do we, do we, do we just run it back? Um, Can we rely just on internal evolution or do we need to actually add something to this? Is there something missing? Yeah, I I just... I don't believe you're going to find a player that the that adds the kind of value in offensive playmaking that doesn't completely detonate what they do defensively. I, I just don't. I don't think that guy's out there. I mean, they the point guard is the most valuable position in the NBA. Um, I don't believe that guy exists that you would bring in uh, to play for this Celtics team. I don't think so. I just don't see it. And it's not like they have a bunch of cap room to go out and sign somebody. Look, I was as critical of the decision to anoint Marcus Smart as primary playmaker as anyone. Uh, I was vocal that this team should have gone out and uh, made a harder push for Lonzo Ball. I thought Lonzo would have solved both their problems. He would have been a really good defender at that position and would have been a ball-moving playmaker that this team needed. Uh, it didn't look like Marcus in the first couple of months was fully capable of doing that. But then January 1st, this team starts to evolve and Marcus Smart played a big role in that. His ability to be a playmaker, to be a top defender, to make shots when he have to, to not take shots when he didn't need to. I mean, that was a big part of this team's success. And you talk about the age of this team. Marcus is, just, is still just 28. Like, I think he's going to grow into this role even more as the years come. So, you know, look, if you can find a Rubio type on the cheap you can bring in, I'm all for that. But, you know, Marcus Smart should be the playmaker and point guard of this team for years to come because what's going to get them back to the finals, you know, in next year, year after that, is going to be their defense. They beat these teams with a top-flight defense, and you lose something if you take Marcus Smart and move him around and put a weaker defender in one of those spots. Look, every team would love to have five guys on the court in crunch time who could all... You know, pass, shoot, defend, 
do it all, but that's just not the case. And, you know, Steph Curry's never been a lockdown defender, but he's been part of elite defensive teams for almost a decade. And Steph has come a long way in that category. But again, not a lockdown defender, but a guy who works his butt off on defense and who is accountable on defense. You know, comparing anybody to the Warriors is unfair at this stage, but I'm just saying it's, there's always these trade offs. You know, nobody's putting like five great defenders on the court and like you can win with defense in this league, yes, but. If, if you need to lose a couple percentage points of defense to get better execution from the offense like that, those are just trade-offs teams have to make in this league because everybody plays both ways. I don't know, but Howard, I, I don't know that you... If they had lost in the first round, maybe, but they're in the finals. Well, like, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Oh, no, no. Uh, listen, I'm not, this is not a throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing. I, I'm no. not even saying... And I'm certainly not saying they should jettison Marcus Smart. Um I'm simply saying I do think that there is a concern in that particular area, and I don't know exactly what the best way to address that is, but that is one option is, you know, can you bring in a veteran point guard? Can you bring in somebody else who settles things down in those key moments? Aggregators, make sure you got that. Beck wants to jettison Marcus Smart. Let's, let's uh, make sure we... Uh, and Chris Mannix wants uh, Andrew Wiggins to be finals MVP over I, Steph. Go flood right. his mentions. Doors open, baby. Doors open for Andrew Wiggins. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote to, to finish this off as you prepare to jet over to this side of the uh, country, um, I still think this is a series, Howard. I really do. I, I'm I'm that convinced that the Celtics, if they can just find a way to stop beating themselves, to stop turning the ball over so <laughs> foolishly as they often have, and if they could just leave the referees alone. Like, the referees, I don't know how you feel about this. 
they have not had a good postseason, I don't think, in general. Like, I think NBA referees, this offseason, and I'm addressing this to Monty McCutcheon, I'd say this to Monty if I saw him and if we do see him in Boston, you got to start to identify when flops are happening. Like, you got to. This is not just um, directed at this series, but all throughout this postseason, I have seen flop after flop after flop get called. Like, referees whistle the reaction too often, and... I just think referees have to call what they're sure they see. And if they're not sure they saw it, don't call it. Like, don't call a defensive foul or an offensive foul. How about no call whatsoever on that play? I think there's too much flopping going around. All that said, the Celtics have to leave the refs alone. They have become obsessed with not getting calls. Marcus Smart allowed that to infect his game in the fourth quarter of Game 5. Jason Tatum has been demonstrative towards the referees all postseason long, and that's affected his game. Grant Williams has not been a factor in these finals, in part because he's constantly chirping at the referees. You've got to leave the referees alone and put bad plays out of your mind. Move on to the next one. If the Celtics do that, I think they can win game six. If the Celtics win game six, I'd pick them to win game seven as well. So to me, this is the series Uh, on Thursday night. Celtics win. I think they win game seven. Golden State wins. Obviously, we're all going home for the rest of the year. Do you, how much of a chance do you give Boston not only to win game six, but to still win this series? It's been a really bizarre series in so many ways, and it's been completely unpredictable, I think, from game to game. Even if you thought coming out of game four, ooh, the Warriors have momentum, as if there's any such thing as momentum in this particular series. Oh, the Warriors have momentum, and so you're not surprised they're going to win game five at home. Yeah, but not when Steph is going from scoring like 43 points to suddenly going 0 for 9 from three. If you had said, Steph is going, if you had said coming out of game four, they're going to San Francisco. They have home court, but I'm, I can see the future. And by the way, Steph is going to miss nine, all nine of his threes. He's going to score 16 points. You would have said, yep, Celtics win. And they didn't because of their turnovers, because of all those Warriors, uh, you know, supporting cast guys that I was referring to earlier. This series has been thoroughly unpredictable, and they've both won on each other's court. And, you know, it, it, it little things turn a series. They will be playing desperate. They'll be playing at home. It won't surprise me in the least if the Celtics win game six. Do I think they can then turn around and win a game seven in San Francisco? Can, yes. Do I, would I expect that they would? No. Um, I, you know, and we're always prisoners of the moment. You see the Warriors win two games in a row. Celtics have lost consecutive games in the playoffs for the first time in this postseason. And everything feels like, well, that's it. It's a wrap. The Warriors are going to shut it down on Thursday night in Boston. You and I know better. We've seen too much of this league to, to, to believe that it's that simple. It won't be. And, you know, there's pressure on the team to close out too. And, all those guys, Wiggins and Peyton and all these guys who are here for the first time, eh, they might get a little tight in the moment. Yeah. And the Celtics might play loose feeling like there's nothing to lose because it's it's just it's just winner or be done. And um, I, is it still a series in that regard? Yes. Like anything can happen. This has been an anything can happen series from the beginning. Celtics win game one. Warriors lose their home court advantage. Warriors blow them out in game two. Warriors, you know, go down 2-1. Warriors, you know, win a game four with Steph having one of the performances of the ages. You can't see anything coming. That's the beauty of it. That's why I hate making predictions. Um, 
you know, I have, I have no idea what's going to happen Thursday night. I do think up 3-2 with two chances to close, including the final one at home, I, I expect a Warriors title. That's what I expect at this point. But nothing's going to surprise me. These turnovers are just unbelievable. Like, even, like, you knew in the first quarter this was not going to go the Celtics' way. Like, just the way they were throwing the ball around. was like four turnovers in, like, eight minutes. And then you see, like, Marcus Smart, like, lobbing passes into the paint to try to catch Jalen Brown with three defenders around him. It's like, these are high school passes. So this is the kind of thing, if the Celtics can just clean that up, I still think they're the better team. I do. I still believe Boston's the better team. It's just they can't get out of their own way. They can't get See, out of their own way. All right, but this is why we have to define what better team means, though. Like, you and I, I think, both said this um, during Game 1 when we were talking, watching this unfold, and we've said it, we've written it, I've written it for sure. Like, the, the Celtics are bigger, stronger, faster, more athletic, younger, spryer, right? Like, they are probably all those things. But that doesn't necessarily translate to better because better has to do with things like decision-making and precision passes and protecting the ball. Now, the Warriors also have turnover issues most yep. nights. Last night, I think, was one of their best turnover games they've had all season um, in terms of keeping it low. Uh so this is not to say that they are by any means perfect in this regard. But when we talk about better team, like, okay, do the Celtics have some advantages that the Warriors do not? Sure. Um, but the, the way the Warriors are playing, they have been the better team. Um, and, you know, but perceptions change based on a couple of shots here or there, or a couple of turnovers here or there too. So um, I, I agree that on paper the Celtics look stacked and they looked like they might be overwhelming for this Warriors team just in terms of physicality, athleticism, and, and youth. But um, that stuff doesn't matter if you can't get good shots and if you are throwing the ball away. Yep. Couldn't agree more there. Howard, safe travels back to uh, God's country here in Massachusetts, and uh, we will see you tomorrow night. Get those lobster rolls ready for me, Mannix. I'm coming. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. 
real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.